You're listening to the Ambitious Mama Podcast, and I'm your host, Krista Rialba. Hey, mamas, if you press play on this episode, it might be because you're going through this and you're going through a hard time. Possibly you're listening to this out of curiosity, maybe for prevention. If so, incredible. Kudos to you because that's incredible. Um, So for those of you who are in it right now, I really, really hope it is our deepest desire, intention, and prayer that this provides you with the comfort, the hope, um, and, and maybe some resources and some tools to empower you in this process. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. Um, uh, myself, along with the other incredibly brave, beautiful women who shared in this episode for the first time ever in, in to anyone, they've shared some aspects of their story um, in hopes that you can hear it and feel and feel that hope because these women are thriving. They are thriving and you can too, and you will too. I promise you do not give up. And this episode is of course not in, not to replace um, or to go against anything your healthcare provider is sharing with you. Please make sure you are seeking the appropriate treatment. We do hope that this tool empowers you to, um, to be the advocate for your health and for your healing. Lots of love and we are always here for you. I'm always here for you. I'm only a DM away and let's get started. Oh. <laughs> we should have a martini, guys. Yes, we, we could have a martini. So we are recording and um, you guys, so this, this is something that I don't know about you, but it's something that I've been meaning to do for a while was to dive into this. And I'm so grateful to be here joined with Megan Houston, Nora Black, Stephanie Bell, Crystal Nash, beautiful mamas who are going to um, go there, who are going to talk about postpartum, postpartum depression, postpartum mood disorders, postpartum anxiety. I don't know any of your stories. Uh, I know one of your stories a little bit, um, but I think this is our opportunity to to provide a resource for women who need it most right now. So we're showing up for all the mamas right now who are in the darkness, who are in the suffering, who are in the pain. And um, we're going to see how this goes. So so sending each of you guys hugs and love right now as we do this. And um, let's start our sharing um, with by answering the question. And, and I'll go first just because um, I know this is nerve wracking. Uh, I'm going to go first. And the question that I want us to start with, the area of our journey is how did we know that there was a problem? All right. So. Let's, uh, if all of you guys could go on mute now and then we'll kind of like take turns taking the mic and um, yeah, here we go. Okay, so how did I know there was a problem? Uh, For me, it was, um, it was literally immediately. So actually I can rewind even a few more steps. So I was getting a pedicure. So this is with my oldest son, Curtis. So he is now 10. I was getting a pedicure two days before he was born you know, you got to get look good for delivery, right? So I was getting a pedicure and I had the most glorious pregnancy. Like I made 
made pregnancy look amazing and easy. <laughs> I loved being pregnant. So I was getting my pedicure. Yes, I was that girl. Don't hate me. Don't hang up yet, you guys. Um, but I loved being pregnant. But when I was in that pedicure chair, I was like, and we can swear on this, this, this recording, guys. I think it's appropriate. I was like, oh, something is wrong. Like I knew it, it was like this impending doom was like coming over my body in the, the pedicure chair. And I'm like, nope, push it down. I don't know what you're talking about body. Like everything's fine. The only, then it reminded me of like um, a really bad bout of, of crippling anxiety I had when I, you know, a couple years prior. Um, but it was, it was that same kind of, you know, horrible old friends that was just like it felt like it was impending doom and I was like no 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 push it down push it down when Curtis was born I did have an uh and it was an induced labor which from some research I think maybe I was induced too early possibly that could have been a triggering factor um but when Curtis was literally born like when he was came out of me I it was as if I was on the other side of the room watching it happen and everyone was looking at me and like wow look at how amazing you know it was so healthy and like just admiring um my mom was there my um husband was there my nana was there I had a lot of people in that room and I remember it just it was like out of body like and everyone was admiring and I was like this isn't right like I it was I was looking at myself that's what it felt like it was an out of body experience and it was like me observing the situation knowing I'm not here felt zero connection to my baby. I was like, hello, little one. I had zero emotional connection. Um, and then when I was being wheeled in the wheelchair to the next room, um, it, that impending doom grew tremendously to the point where I was like, I'm screwed. I don't know what's going to happen, but it was, it was like, it, I knew it hit me hard. What about you, Megan? Mine was actually later on, but now that you're telling your story, I mean, I feel like I can definitely relate to that. Um, I had a decent pregnancy. I mean, I was with my oldest, uh, Zach, he was eight now. Um, I was sick, but it was okay. I didn't, after the first trimester, and then I gained quite a bit of weight for him, not because I was overeating or anything. So I already was starting to not, not really feel great about myself. And then, yeah, like when he he was born I didn't really have that connection either and then it wasn't until actually six months later it was actually my husband that said something and it was just like I knew the whole time something was wrong and my son never slept and I thought I just chalked it up to exhaustion um but I knew I wasn't myself and I didn't have anxiety or anything towards my baby but it was just it was all about me and I just yeah, I felt like I was living in a fog and it was just like you, Krista, like an out of body experience. And he's, my husband simply said like, you know what, like, are you sure everything's okay? Like you just haven't seemed like yourself. And that's kind of when it clicked. And then I started doing a little bit more research as to what could even be wrong. I didn't even really know anything about postpartum depression at that point. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Scott, for, for noticing. That's beautiful. All right, Nora, I'm going to pass it to you. Okay. Um, so I first um, became aware of some anxiety symptoms when I was pregnant with my second. 
um, my, I have two kids and my first pregnancy, to be honest, I was healthy pre-pregnancy, stayed healthy during and was healthy after the problems didn't really happen until my second pregnancy, things got a little more complicated. Um, and then it started in the third trimester when I had complications with my baby. Um, and I wound up having to go on maternity leave from, I was working a full-time job at the time and had to go on maternity leave a full month before I had planned to do so um, because I had to go on monitoring every two days and I had several appointments and baby was measuring small. And so I really um, first noticed really anxiety symptoms, feeling overwhelmed, just feeling really easily triggered by things that were fine with me before that, you know, never bothered me before. Um, and everything worked out in the end, I wound up um, not having to be induced early and had a healthy baby boy. Um, but then things got more complicated. We had several life transitions that happened after giving birth. We um, packed up everything and moved across the country. Um, I also had a two-year-old at the time, plus the newborn. Um, my husband and I quit our jobs, moved across the country to Charleston, where we didn't know anybody at the time. And so I found myself in this brand new city. Um, like I said, we didn't know anybody. We were broke after having a baby and moving and quitting our jobs. And, um, and I just felt like pulling away from everything. I felt like withdrawing. I didn't want to face the outside world. I didn't want to talk to people. I just felt um, like withdrawing. Um, and my stress was, was at an all-time high. So how did you know that it was postpartum? Did you realize it or did someone else? I realized it. Mm, okay. I definitely had never, um, had never experienced anything like that before. Um, but having worked with, um, in my psychotherapy background, having worked with clients like that in the past, I was familiar with those symptoms. And so I thought, well, this could be something because this isn't right. This isn't me this isn't normal. And um, it took me a while to figure that out because I think there was a big, a big piece of it was I was in denial. You know, I didn't want to admit it to myself, let alone anyone else. And God forbid, ask for help. No, no, no. You know, so, but eventually um, I knew that something needed to change. Something needed to shift. And um and these were, these were my postpartum symptoms and I couldn't, I couldn't go on like this untreated. It wasn't healthy. It wasn't normal. Okay. Thank you so much, Nora. Mm -hmm. We're going to get to the first steps of how you took action in a minute. But first we need to hear from Stephanie Bell. How did you know that something was wrong? Hmm. Well, 
it was in, it was uh, with the pregnancy with my third son. We, it was actually during the pregnancy, I noticed I had, I like you, Krista, just had wonderful pregnancies. They were like clockwork. This pregnancy, however, was a little bit more trying on me, um, being my third. And I was a lot more exhausted. And of course, I had two older children. Um, and so, and then we moved. So I was five, six months pregnant. We had moved to a whole other city, didn't know anybody. So reestablishing had our third son. And for two months, it was almost blissful. Like I knew he was my last child. And so I cherished every moment. But it was around because I even was open to actually having a fourth because there was a gap between him and the other two. So I wanted him to have a little, you know, buddy. But it was around the second month postpartum that everything crashed for me. I started to not be able to handle the the um, waking up, the feedings, the I obviously did them. I'm extremely persistent. I'm a very persistent woman, but I noticed emotionally I was not able to handle them and still handle my day. Um, but it was interesting because then there was a turn in, it wasn't just emotional, it actually became really physical. So getting out of bed would hurt. And I don't mean joint pain. It was like, it was, it was pain. My showers would feel like, um, pins and needles were hitting my skin. So for me to have a shower was agonizing. Um, you know, so, so little things like that, going to the grocery store, like it was down to where I could basically, I, some days I couldn't make my bed. I could barely cook dinner. My husband was working all the time. So I'm basically a stay at home, like I'm a stay at home mom, which was wonderful. And I was almost living like I was the only parent because my husband was gone at 6.37 in the morning, didn't come home till seven or eight at night. So by then the kids have, you know, I've been with them all day. I've had to take care of the house. Um, but even going to the grocery store, I would, you know, be holding back the tears because I'd have my little guy with me. The kids are off to school, the older ones. And I'd get home and still be like, I still have to, do these, I have to put this, these groceries away. I could barely put the groceries away. And then I'd lay on the floor and just watch my baby. Like I couldn't even play with him and I would be checked right out. Um, and it was to the point where I wanted to go into the, to the corner and like not die. I never had any of that in the equation, but I'm like, man, there's something not right. And it took three visits and you guys, this was over 16 months. So he was two months old. He was 18 months old after three times visiting the doctor um, upon other visits, but he did testing on me for a whole bunch of stuff to, you know, and each visit he says, Stephanie, you have postpartum depression. I need to put you on medication. I said, no, I cannot handle medication. I couldn't even handle a birth control pill. I said, I cannot handle medication. And he goes, so I said, I'm doing it naturally. And we were a very holistic household at that time because I had a very sick second son. So that's a whole other story, but. On the third visit, my son was 18 months and very difficult for me to even hold. And he said to me, he says, Stephanie, if you don't do what I tell you to do, I don't wanna see you again. And I left that doctor's office 
in tears, crying, thinking, what am I going to do? My life is over. I feel like I'm a 90-year-old in a 31-year-old body. Wow. I can't even imagine. And it, you guys already were hearing such different stories, right? And, and Stephanie, this is the first time I'm hearing like that physical pain. Okay, let's, let's pause right there. I wish I could give you a hug. Um, Crystal, how did you know that there was something wrong? Um, like you as well, Krista and Megan, I had amazing pregnancies. I loved being pregnant. It's my favorite part. <laughs> um, I had my second and we were like, okay, let's get an IUD. Don't need another baby right now. Uh, so I did that. But then a couple of weeks later, I felt pregnant. I was like, I feel pregnant. This is weird. Um, and I went to the, back to the gynecologist and, and we found out that I was pregnant. So, um, the baby was actually there before the IUD was there. Um, so we decided to try to remove the IUD and they told me they couldn't do that um, without maybe possibly putting me into like having contractions. So she said, your option is to abort the baby, keep the baby and anything can happen. Uh, those are my two options. So of course I'm going to keep my baby. Um, but that's when there was no connection. I didn't want to feel what it would feel like if I did lose my baby. So we didn't tell people I was pregnant unless they saw me and they were like, Hey, you're pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just really did not connect to the baby. And then, um, at 27 weeks, I started bleeding. I had a lot of actually complications during as well. I had um, some cysts that ruptured and spouts of bleeding. And then at 27 weeks, I uh, started bleeding and I was in the hospital for five days uh, with just monitoring. They monitored me. They, then I had her uh, three months early. So she was born two pounds, um, two pounds, nine ounces, I think. And, and uh, so small and so tiny. And, and when you're in that moment, I still had no connection. There was no connection. Uh, I was just like, okay, this is my baby and it's really small. And I was on autopilot and I was just going, I was pumping and I was visiting the hospital and cause I had two other kids as well at home. Um, and I was just autopilot, right? No emotion, no nothing. Um, and then we brought the baby home and it was crazy. And I was like, wow, this is three kids. This is, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> this is hard. And I would run around the house, not knowing what I was doing. Uh, I felt like I had no control over anything. I felt like there were balls all in the air and I just didn't know which one to grab. I didn't know what to do. I had no, I just didn't know what to do. Um, I wanted to run away. I thought my life would be better somewhere else. Like I never wanted to end my life, but I just was like, I'm so angry. Uh, I would say, you know, I, I, I fucking hate my life. Like screaming that in front of my kids, in front of my husband, like, and feeling like, yeah, I, I'm better off somewhere else. <clears throat> and uh, they're better off without me. But I just thought this was normal. I just thought it was normal overwhelmed. Yeah, I had a baby and she was three months early. Of course, I'm going to feel this. Of course, I'm going to feel all this craziness. 
And it wasn't until um, I was watching a documentary on CBC called Pardon My Postpartum. And I was like, oh, I'm sick. I'm sick. That's me. That's me. And I feel like, you know, my angels sent me <laughs> that documentary. And, and from that point on, that's when I went and got help. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. You guys, okay, this is... To everyone who's who's already tuning in and you're hearing from from everyone and like we hope that something that we're saying you you click with and that you're like oh I feel that but here's what I also this is almost like um I want to preface this right now early in the conversation if because my when I was reading different things about postpartum and reading books and watching things I was like Oh no, that's not exactly like me. So I must be totally screwed. Like I, I, you know, I thought that I was going to be the exception to the rule that would not get better, unless I heard or read someone who went through the exact same experience as me. I know that sounds completely ludicrous, but you know. So we're hoping right now. Our intention is to share our story so that you can see how diverse and how there's no story that's the same, right? Um, okay, so the next part of our journey um, is, so when we, we identified that we needed help, what was the next steps that we took? And, um, and this is not, at least for me, it was not a straight road to healing. It was very much a windy, <laughs> twisty roller coaster. Um, so, but my very first step, um, so I knew something was wrong immediately, knew it it was absolutely absolutely knew it it was this doom this black hole of doom um but I didn't know what I was going to do um it's one thing that I, I I see that is a commonality for Nora you moved uh Stephanie you moved right so I went from city life so so like city girl Toronto girl to back in my hometown I I worked really 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 hard when we found out we were pregnant because I I thought it, you couldn't have a baby in an apartment. You had to own a home. <laughs> okay. So I like worked myself to the bone to buy a house and a brand new Dodge Caravan because those were the things responsible parents had. Okay. So here I was living in this house that I did not identify with. I didn't even like it. Okay. Driving this car I was just like, what is this car? Okay. Anyway, so I did not feel like myself, but so, so we were pulling in in our Dodge Caravan with our perfectly healthy baby. And I'm like, what the hell is my life? Right. Immediately driving in my mom's there with balloons, you know, she's welcoming us home. And, um, it was the, the second night that I called my mom. I said, mom, we need to go for a walk right now. I had no problems leaving my baby. Not at all. Was not emotionally connected. I knew, I knew he was going to be fine. I was concerned about me. We went for a walk down by the water and I was like, mom, this is what's happening. These are the thoughts that are going through my head. And the thoughts that were tormenting me had zero, zero to do with my baby. Okay. So for me, it was as if I, when I gave birth that I, un, that I was cracked open in terms of everything that I shoved under the carpet for years and put a nice pretty carpet over top. And um, the, my, it was definitely a postpartum anxiety that was specific around um, me being 
um, unclean or unpure. Okay. So my, my obsessions came around me being tested for um, sexually transmitted diseases that um, I've been with Mike for a very, very, very long time. And that was just the thing that my mind, I'm going to hold on to that. Okay. So I had some trauma and that was also coming up some, um, uh, a sexual assault that happened years ago that I thought that I, I cleared and that was all, it was all here. And I had this beautiful baby I couldn't see. And it was, I was not worthy of, of this baby. Um, so this is what I was sharing with my mom at the water. And a mom didn't, had never experienced postpartum. It didn't make sense to her. And she's like, hey, well, whatever you need, whatever you need. And uh, Curtis was sleeping at my mom's um, the, the third night he was born. Because I was like, I just have to get better. And my mind was so, so caught up in these obsessions that became absolute obsessions. I couldn't connect with my husband. Okay. I did not feel worthy. I wouldn't, I didn't even want to be in my home. So I wouldn't, so when my mom came to pick up um, Curtis that day, um, I wouldn't, I was out, so it was summer. I was nursing him outside, um, outside the house and um, didn't even drink water that day. Didn't think I was worthy of water. I hated myself so much. And, uh, and my mom's like, we're going to fix you. We're going to fix you. And, and my husband only knew me as confident, self-assured, the doer, the confident, the, the healthy, the, you know, and he was just lost. So that's, um, so I reached out to mom. That was my first cry for help. Um, then it went into many, many, I, I was determined to get better and uh, we'll, I won't go into that right now, but I went into many, 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 many paths and modalities of healing, but, um, but I still entertained every thought um, every crazy ludicrous thought that came into my mind, I completely entertained that as a valid, um, thing to think about. I had no, there was no, um, uh, critical thinking. There was not, it, nothing made sense. Like if, if Mike went to, to, uh, <laughs> if he literally went to like the corner store, I was like, what if he, what if he has sex with a prostitute on the way to the corner store and comes home and like makes us unpure? Okay. So like, it was really like, you guys, I can't even saying these things out loud, but it was so insane that I would beg my mom to bring me to get my blood tested all the time, like all the time. To, and to the point where they, they were like, this is not going to, this is not going to make you feel better. And I'm like, just one more time. Just one more time. So um, we're going to get into the turning path, all the different modalities, what actually made the difference. But I hope in me sharing something that's it's kind of embarrassing, um, it doesn't make any sense, right? That th this is what postpartum can look like too, okay? And that robbed me of every joy, every moment of presence, every everything. And I absolutely hated myself. So I'm going to pass it to Meg to see what the next part of her journey was. Meg, take it away. Oh, I don't even feel like I have a simple answer for this one. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, like I feel like I knew I had to do something, but I kind of brushed it under the rug at the same time. Like I just remember feeling 
so angry at everyone else that was just like living their normal lives. And I was like stuck here with all of these awful thoughts. And I was just getting more angry and more angry, more angry, not at my baby, but I definitely wasn't enjoying my time with him. Um, I also decided in that time, we were about two hours, living about two hours away, we did move home too, and our home wasn't ready yet. So we had to live with my parents, um, which was fine. I mean, I was so comfortable there, but my husband was working straight midnights um, at that time. So it was me and my baby at a house. It's, I mean, I grew up in that house, so I was probably more comfortable there than anywhere, but I don't know. I was just like, I feel like I was just consuming myself with what everyone else was doing and how like I lost myself. I didn't get to be myself anymore. And I don't know. I didn't really, I didn't really recognize fully what was going on with me at the time. Um, it wasn't until much, much later, even after, I mean, I did do a few things, um, but it wasn't until after I had my daughter, my second child that I really made a change. I don't know. I just let myself be consumed with what was going on around me and just being so jealous that I didn't get to be myself anymore. I was just somebody's mom now. Mm -hmm. Lost your identity. Totally get that. Um, Nora? Um, yeah, I completely relate to that as well. Um, like I said, I had just been through several major life transitions um after moving and quitting my job and having a second baby and um I definitely lost parts of myself and didn't know who I was anymore I was like okay I'm a mom now in a new city I've got these two kids and my husband gets to go off to work and here I am in the house all day with these two kids. And it was only two kids, but to me, it felt like a million kids. Like the jump from the first to the second baby was so overwhelming for me. And I had no energy. I was completely drained. I was completely exhausted. I had no motivation to take them to the playground, to even take the dog on a walk um everything was off with me i i was either you know emotional eating i wasn't sleeping or i was oversleeping some days i mean just every single thing was off um and again the journey is not linear but after some time of going through that and just kind of surviving and going through the motions day in and day out is when I realized this isn't for me I can't I can't live like this anymore and and um so the first person I reached out to was my husband and he was just kind of like yeah I know I noticed it too but I'm glad that you can admit it now absolutely yeah right and I think some of us take, um, you know, a long time to get there and be like, yeah, I thought I was kind of, I thought I was immune to any sort of mood disorder, right? And here I was full blown with OCD, right? Like an obsessive compulsive situation. Um, 
So whether you, everyone listening again, whether you identified it right away and you sought help right away, or whether it took you until you had your second baby, like Megan, wherever it is until you're like, okay, something's got to change. I'm going to absolutely surrender to this and get help. Um, let's see what, see what Stephanie Bell, who did you reach out to first? I guess your doctor, right? Um, nice yeah, originally I reached out to my doctor, obviously to go, what's wrong with me? I, I don't understand this because, because I, and I, just to retrospect here, my second son, who was about five years older than the, the baby, we had been working with him since birth with a naturopath. I, be, we became a very holistic home in the way of our foods and, you know, very good foods. We were on supplements of all sorts and high quality, according to the ND or the health food store and my son. And then I was seeing health professionals, like holistic health professionals as well for my son. And when everything, everything sort of took a turn, my son's health was declining rapidly. And then I'm hitting postpartum. My husband's not around. And this is happening during that recession in 2009. And um, there were so many things hitting me from, from all, all um, angles. And so I sought out anyone who I could possibly find at a health level, like holistically, um, whether that was through my massage therapist, the Reiki practitioner, the um, holistic practitioner, the ND, anyone at the health food store at the time, you know, and my doctor, he just sort of went along with it. He didn't believe in any of it. So I knew where his stand, what his stance was, but he says, all, you know, you go ahead. And every time I went back, he's like, is it working for you? And, you know, so, um, and I didn't have my mom and dad around. I didn't have any support that way. And again, I'm alone with these children where I'm totally checked out as a mom now. And these children are, you know, kindergarten grade two and they need me. I couldn't volunteer at the school. I could barely walk them to school. Um, yeah, it was really, really tough. But I did seek out people, but I did not have that much support, except for one practitioner, he just said, you know what, you're going to know what to do. He knew I was quite intuitive, but he's like, you're, you're going to know what to do. Um, but yeah. You and I are going to have that in common. The, the, I, I've made, if I made a list of all the people I hired to make me better, <laughs> it was intensive. We're talking about, I knocked on my priest's door. I haven't been to the Catholic church. I don't know how many years. Okay for the priest, hypnotherapist, uh, you name it, Cairo, acupuncture, uh, uh, kundalini, like you name it, did it all. Did and the money all. spent, right? Oh, like, the money I, spent. I was like, I will spend any. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm willing to do anything to not go because I intuitively yes. that trip wasn't going to be what I wanted. It so. was not. A, a, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to kind of the, 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 the pivotal moments that we think really attributed to our shift. Um, not quite next, but it's coming. So uh, Crystal, what do you want to add on this part of the conversation? Um, for me, it did take a bit before I saw that, um, that, uh, documentary. So I was, I was in the thick of it too. Uh, and I didn't understand why 
my husband didn't see what I saw because I was like, this marriage is a sham. It's a, uh, we should get divorced. This is, this is my marriage to you. And he's like, yeah, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think you're, you like, I, I do. I think this is a good thing. Um, but I didn't see anything. Like I was not, again, like you're in this time warp or this crazy twilight zone where your brain is not thinking clearly. Uh, there's no logic. There's all like crazy thoughts. And like, I was uh, aggressive. Um, like I remember uh, there was one night and it was so bad and the baby was screaming and I was just screaming as well. And, and no one was saving me. And I, I just threw my baby on the couch and I was like, and that's when like, I knew something was up, but I was still like, not there to know for myself. Right. Um, and then it was after that. And then, the, and then I did go to the doctor. Like my husband's like, yeah, you probably need some help. Um, but I, then I went to the doctor and, and he's like, okay, st- talk to the counselor. A, a lot of my stuff was free, to be honest. Um, uh, my, uh, my avenues, which was great. Um, but it was the doctor and he set me up with the counselor at the office. And then she set me up with like workshops. So, but th- that was my first reach out, I think was, was the doctor, even though I think my husband and my mother-in-law were, were aware of what was happening. Um, it was, it, it was that doc and the documentary and then, and then just my doctor. So I remember thinking when I was going through it, that I was like, I, it's, I don't even know if I want to repeat it, but it, I'll give the, the less extreme example, but I was like, I wish I just broke every bone in my body because at least then they know how to fix that. Cause they don't seem to know how to fix this, right? I'm a freaking crazy person and no one's telling me how to get better. There's no one path of healing. That was the most frustrating part too. You know, I was like everything else, there would be a protocol. There's no protocol. Um, okay. So before we dive into, I think like, I, I really want us to share like the like, ah, uh, moments. And there's maybe there's a few of them where it was like, okay, this, this happened. I remember this, you know, the, the clouds open and I felt better for a second, like those moments. But first, before we go there, I think it's really important that we share the dark, the darkest dark. Um, Crystal, Crystal, you just bravely shared something too, right? And I think it's, this is important. This is an important part of our story because um, if we are sugarcoating it, um, and someone at home's like, mm, I'm way worse than those girls. <laughs> right? Then, and not that you have to uh, make it worse than it was, but I think it's like, what was it? What was the darkest part for each of us? Um, and and I'll, I'll share mine. Um, I mean, I've already I've already shared kind of the the kind of theme around it. And it's just that it must be how my brain worked. It wanted something to really to grasp onto. Um, but, but the, the darkest parts for, for me were um, every day just waking up and being like, am I better yet? Like, am I better yet? No, I'm not better yet. And, and just having my entire being, you know, just completely swallowed by these obsessions that made no sense and I couldn't drop them. Um, of course, you know, my husband was incredible, but I mean, how do you understand that? How do you support that? Especially when it's so specific, right. And so irrational. Um, 
I wanted so desperately to feel better that, like I said, I, I'll share the, the, the things I think were helpful, but I was so proactive um, to the point where that I made it my job. And, um, and I was, so I was constantly met with disappointments, like the lot of disappointment because I was like, I'm better. No, I'm not. Right. And then I would end up at the doctor's office and, um, and then I'm like, okay, what do you have now? Like that didn't work. Let's try something else. And every medication I tried, and this is, does not need to be the reality for anyone else. I did have a very, um, a violent reaction. You know, I'm not, not sure the names of the drugs offhand, but one, I went to sleep for like 12 hours immediately. The other one made me just like throw up violently. Um, there's just like very extreme reactions. Um, but I remember at my mom who was with me through it all, like in so understanding and so loving. And so, uh, I mean, a lot of people would not have been. She, I, well, let's see. I walked in. I couldn't take it anymore. So I drove to, I had Curtis in the car and I drove to my parents' house and I walk in and my mom is nowhere to be found. And I'm like, mom, 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 screaming, mom, 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 only dad's home. Well, dad's amazing, but he doesn't have the emotional capacity for any of this. So I, I, I just start like crying and like when I'm trying to change Curtis's diaper and I just start like, like hysterically crying. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And my dad, my mom's nowhere to be found. My dad just sees me and now I can kind of laugh about it, but I could just only imagine him. He was just like, ah! he literally just starts running around the house. Cheryl, she's like calling for my mom, literally opening up the door to the street. Cheryl, like screaming outside. She, she's not even like her, her car's not even there. Just like running around. Like, how do we fix her? My brother comes in at the same time. Like, just like fix your sister. Someone fix your sister. And I'm just, and then he's like, I'll take the baby. He like has the baby, like a football, like Curtis. And I'm in the backyard curled up in a ball on the ground, like shaking, just completely broken. And my mom, she came up to me and she, she looked me in the eyes as this is, this is, we're going on six months in. And she took me and she kind of like, almost like shaked me. And this was kind of her tough love. And she said, if you don't figure this out, you're going to lose your baby and your husband. You have to fix this. You have to fix this. And I was like, I'm trying, I'm trying, like I'm doing everything. And, and uh, I was like, I can't, like, and she's just like, you're going to lose everything. I was like, okay, okay. And, and that was the moment, like that was the darkest dark moment, but it then led to my, led to my healing um, and, and, and within that, there was just so many, so many days of just feeling so, so broken, but I'm going to pass it over to Meg. Oh, I don't even know if there is one pivotal moment. I think, I don't know, for me, I was also dealing with another invisible illness. I had endometriosis and I had to advocate for myself for so many years before that, that when this set in, I was like, really like, enough something else like something else that is wrong with me that I can't just fix so I don't know I remember I remember it like going from like depression to straight up rage like I was just mad at everything I snapped at everything 
I broke things. I, I never took it out on my baby, but I didn't really necessarily bond with him or anything like that, which when my daughter came along, it made me feel so much worse because there was something about her that I was so drawn to. And like, I hate to say it, but still to this day, like she is like my calm and my safe place. And my son is, I love him more than anything, but he is my trigger. And that sounds so awful, but um, like, I would just like avoid him even when he was a toddler. Like I just didn't want to be around him. And I just wanted to be around her um, because she made me feel better. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't a girl boy thing. It was just, I think, because it all happened when I had him that, and it carried on for so long, even after I had her that I just, I don't know, she just made me feel better, but I just, I didn't want to be around him at all. And that made me feel even worse. And um, I did go on medication before I had her, but it made me, it put me in this fog and I didn't wean myself off of it. I just straight up cut it out. And I think that made it worse. Um, and then I got pregnant with her, had her again. She was, she was a calm in that wild storm that I was going through, but it came back full force. And yeah, I just, I think the darkest moments for me is that still to this day, I look at him and it, he's a trigger and that still makes me hate myself sometimes. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that, Meg, because I, I get that, you know, between Curtis and Marcus too, I, I, I can identify with that because it was, it was a night and day experience. And I'm sure other moms are, can feel that too. But it's totally normal. And you love yourself because I know how much you love that little boy. <laughs> um, Nora? Um. You know, for me, I don't know that I had one monumental, pivotal moment. Um, for me, it was the everyday, um, just barely making it to the end of the day, just trying to survive the day. Um, and those super long nights and those super long days that just kind of all blurred together there were dark moments in every single day. I can't really um, pinpoint, I guess, one huge moment. Um, I definitely, I definitely felt a lot of isolation. I felt loneliness. I felt similar, um, like anger and rage feelings. Um, I definitely remember just like turning into that yelling mom all of a sudden, I was never a, a person who yelled and all of a sudden I would just be yelling at my kids and I would hear myself yelling. I wasn't even consciously doing it, but I was already yelling and it wasn't until I heard myself yelling that I realized I was then yelling. Um, and so I think it was a lot of those little dark moments that added up and added up and added up over time for me. Yeah. And none of us want to be that yelling mom, but that rage is a really interesting emotion. If that's not something you typically knew. Absolutely. No, I am typically like a very calm yeah. person. I don't think I can imagine you mad right now, but 
<laughs> and either and Meg, I've never seen you yell ever. <laughs> um, Stephanie, tell us about some of the harder moments there for you. Oh, well, it's interesting. And I want to thank you for sharing your vulnerability, Krista, because it's sort of is allowing the platform maybe for this, because this is actually really, it's a bit, I don't know. I don't know if it's scary for me to talk about this. Um, I had, I had two, I had two disorders that no one knew about during all of this time. And that played into the part, so, yeah, okay. That played into the part of, of trying to control everything and making sure everything was okay. There was a lot of, like you had mentioned, OCD and control. I had um, both anorexia and bulimia since I was a teenager. And uh, for the record, this is the first time I'm going public with it. My parents don't even know. And um, I suffered through that through every single pregnancy. And yet at the same time, because I, I, I knew at a very young age, I knew prior, I knew two years prior to having the disorders that I was going to get them. I had a preconceived um, thing going on there. And I also knew that I could not get help from a doctor. I didn't trust them. And um, so when I went through the whole, all those disorders, and I say, like, I'm a very persistent person, um, I'm able to get through it all. I'll get through it myself. I'll get through it myself. And so for me, that was the driver through everything. I'm going to help my son. I'm going to make sure I, I go through all the avenues where I can trust. I need to be able to trust because I'm not just going to give my son's health away to anybody without my own check-in because that's, that was just part of my nature. Um, but I, the, the thing with the postpartum depression that really, that really hit home was that I've tried everything. I've done everything. We've, we've been through the road, like we've done everything. And I was helpless. I was absolutely helpless, even though I was so persistent in my, in everything that I did to make sure I had, I just did it all. Yeah, I don't know. It's actually, I will have to say, this is really difficult to put into words because there are so many factors that play into our behavior. Like, well, for me, my behavior at the time, um, it was it was guilt. I think I, I had a lot of guilt because I'm going, did I wreck something? Did I, what what is in this that I have totally screwed up? And am I screwing it up by not listening to or not, you know, not, not that I didn't listen to my doctor, but I'm like, what am I missing? Cause I, I don't trust, I didn't trust the avenue I was going with, with my own MD. Um, anyway, yeah, at, at that level, I would say the biggest thing was guilt, guilt from some of my decisions I made on my own health that might've affected both my son and myself after my third child. Oh my God, that word guilt, like how many of us felt guilt, felt unworthy, felt like we did something wrong. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that, Stephanie. Thank you so much. It's, it's, there's, there's women out there that, that need to know that 
there's a happy ending and a way to be healthy and thrive like you. We're going to get to that. Thank you so much. Crystal. Um, my darkest days were definitely the rage. It was, I, I was a very, like I said, uh, yelled a lot as well. I was aggressive with my kids, like physically. And, and that hurts me so much. Um, uh, I just found some notes the other day of when I was going through my therapy and, uh, just keeping track of mood. And it was like such and such day, aggressive with the baby, such and such day, aggressive with the baby. And, you know, I just continued and, and yelled at this kid and lost my temper. And so the darkest days had to be just the rage and how I, I put that on my family and I put that on my kids. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I came from that a little bit of, um, you know, I came from the rage and so that was normal in a way for me, but it wasn't until I started healing that I realized, oh, this isn't normal. And it wasn't for me when I was a kid either. So, uh, so those, those were the dark times, the, the rage and the, uh, I hate to say, it's hard for me to say abuse, but I, I did, I was abusive and, um, that's that's tough so yeah oh my god thank you crystal so everyone who's listening you guys like we've all only scratched the surface of our story and, and i know that it's really hard to put it into words like it's really hard to take those times where it's like you literally thought you would never ever feel better there would never, you would never be the same. You would never feel whole. You would never feel worthy, healthy, any of those things. And um, myself and all of the women who are here now, I'm, we're, we're absolutely still on a journey of growth, but, uh, but we've all healed so much. Um, now, you know, so like whether you're feeling like the, the, the aggression, the, the, the fear, the unworthiness, the guilt, the intrusive, crazy thoughts, like wherever it's, it's, it's manifested for everyone who's listening to this and wherever you're at right now, know that that's not you. Like it's so important to know that that's not you. And, and, and the best piece of advice, and this is what we're gonna get to now, we're gonna get to those, the best piece of advice Okay, the, the, the best little golden nuggets of healing, those gems, those moments, that wisdom, the tips, the all the good stuff. So get ready, ladies. Okay, so if you were going through it right now, okay, what if you can go back, like, you know, to, into, to like present, like present day you go back to take care of postpartum you, what would you say, right? Uh, what would you skip in terms of the modalities or the, you know, things, or maybe you wouldn't skip anything. I don't know. Um, so let's actually go back to talk to her. Um, and, uh, and also to all, the, all of the women, you know, all the women who are going through it right now, and, and to the, the grown women who the kids are older and they've never really healed through it because they never came to terms with it. Maybe they're still angry. Maybe they're still guilty. Maybe they're still broken. Maybe they made some really bad choices because they're, they were still healing and still going through the trauma that they never were able to find the tools. So wherever you're at, 
All right. So I'm going to go back and talk to postpartum Krista. <laughs> okay. First of all, like, good God, like, just, oh, I need to give her a hug and a glass of water and tell her that you need to love yourself right now, right now, as you are, you are perfectly imperfect and, um, and you're going to get, you're going to get better. Yes, you, you're going, yes, you're still you. Because <laughs> I was still like, no, but, but <laughs> still, yeah, you're still going to get better. I remember my mom saying to me, she said, Chris, I remember how when you were a little girl and I told you you were special, I told you you were special every day. And I was like, yeah, mom, you always said I was special. Thank you. She goes, no, you're not special. <laughs> okay. In this situation, you are not special. You are not the exception to the rule. <laughs> okay. Also, you are going to get better. Um, okay. So I definitely give myself a big glass of water. Tell myself you, you need to, if you don't love yourself, you're not going to get better. So you can't take care of yourself once you feel better. That's not how it works, okay? So go to the bathroom, take a drink of water, maybe a shower would do you good, uh, but love yourself right now. Take your freaking vitamins because why aren't you, you've never missed a day taking your vitamins. Why are you doing that now, <laughs> right? When you need it most, okay? It's okay to feel, to have a nap. It's okay to wake up and not feel better, but take care of yourself. Um, okay, so I, I, I went through all of those modalities, modalities of healing. And there was a lot of good and credit in a lot of them. But before I actually pinpoint which ones stood, stood out for me, I have to say that it, nothing shifted until I said, oh, they can't make me better. I have the power to make myself better. Oh, like it was like massive aha moment. Like I was literally going to the healer, the doctor, reverend saying, okay, here's my money. Make me better. <laughs> okay. Right. I'm here. I did my, I did my part. I, I came here. I was proactive. That's not how it works. Right. That's not how it works. The healing has to happen within you. You already have the power. You already have the answers. You already have the healing. So whether you go the route of, for me, Krista, postpartum Krista, whether you're going to the doctors right now and you're going to say, you're going to find that, that anti-anxiety med that works for you, or you're going to pick up that book, or you're going to go to this healer, you have to take personal ownership of your healing. That little shift, and hopefully I put that in words that make sense, allowed me to show back up at the energy healer with a completely different energy. I came in with this grounded, confident energy of thank you for like, please do your work. Thank you so much for aiding me, supporting me in this healing. Okay. And her name is Cindy. And, and it was night and day difference because the, the, her, the results that she gave me, I would leave there feeling like on cloud nine previously, and then I would crash, right? Cause I would completely lose control. So it didn't matter what magic she was working on me. As soon as I, as soon as I realized I didn't have control, it was gone. So now coming in, I'm powerful. I'm powerful. I'm capable. I'm whole. I'm, I love myself. I respect myself. I'm going to grow through this. Hello, Cindy. Yes. I'm so looking forward to this treatment. Okay. And then looking at the, the work, the work.com from Byron Katie, very, very helpful for my specific, um, mental disorder, if that's what we're going to call it. I'm not sure. Um, 
but the work helped me to analyze my thoughts to, to, to really to turn on that grounded, critical thinking, the, the, the sanity, really, like to really to, as a tool to, to, um, to break through my thoughts, to understand what was real and what wasn't. Okay, so that laterality in my brain was able to be on. Uh, so the work, the work.com from Byron Katie, uh, my energy healer was imperative for my healing. Um, upping my dose of omegas, so my DHA, this was really important for my brain health. Okay, so seeing my naturopath and, and upping my dose was huge. Nothing you need to see a naturopath to do that necessarily. Your health coach might work. Um, and then just that, that little mental shift, it was, it was everything. I was able now to read something and not to like dissect it and be like, is this going to be the, the cure, right? Like everything, there was so much pressure on everything that I did for myself to be the thing that fixed me. And then once I took that power, I, it took me until my son was two. It was his second birthday. And uh, it was Curtis's second birthday. It was a like Hawaiian themed. It was summer sunshine. And I remember watching him open his presents. I was like, I felt normal for a while. This feels so good. And I went to my mom. I was like, this has been a while and I'm okay. And I wasn't scared of it leaving because I now felt that I had, I had a new, newfound confidence and I was able to, to, what was really helpful through all that time was my incredible, beautiful community uh, within USANA Health Sciences, like everyone from Leanne Jacobs to, I mean, corporate to uh, some of my partners, Shelly Boda, everyone was there with me. I spoke to Wayne Dyer on the phone during postpartum. Okay. I spoke to Gabrielle Bernstein multiple, multiple times. Okay. And, and none of them mattered until, so we're talking about like the top notch personal development, you know, celebrities, their words couldn't do nothing until I took my power back. Okay. So that's what I, that's what I want to share. That's the wisdom I want to share. So all, whatever modality is the nutrition, everything you first have to decide that you are worthy and you can do this. I'm going to pass it to Megs. Yeah. I think you said so much of it, Chris's you have to take care of yourself. Like, even though you are a mom taking care of these other people too, you have to put yourself first. And I think until I realized that and realized that wasn't actually a selfish thing, then I could actually begin to take the steps to heal because just for me anyway, taking an antidepressant every day was not working for me. Again, it put me in such a fog that I just completely cut it out. I knew that wasn't for me. Um, but still at that time, I hadn't decided that like I needed to do this for me and start putting myself first. And then at the same time, you just can't do it alone either. Like I would just like keep it to myself and say like, okay, I'm going to do all these things. That's going to try and make me feel better, but I wouldn't talk about it. So I think talk, like finding someone to talk about it with, like until I started talking to you, Krista, about it, I don't think I was actually even close to the point of where I was a little bit better. And I hadn't had USANA in my life before any of this. Um, and I think I sought out a community, I sought out a community like that because I needed to be around people who made me feel good and made me feel like I mattered and that I could put myself first without feeling guilty about it. And then the supplements came into play and that completely changed the game for me. 
Um, do those moments still creep up? Yes, but I have a handle on it now. And I think that it's easier that way. It's easier to say, you know what? Okay, I need to dial up my self-care a little bit. I need to go back. I need to put myself first today, um, whether it's go for a walk by myself or do whatever. Um, I, have, I have to be first. I have to be, or else my family's not going to get any good version of me. Yes, you have to be first. What is it going to take for women to get that? <laughs> I think we hopefully we not also, rock bottom. <laughs> I think we all need it tattooed on us when we when, once we give birth. Put yourself first. <laughs> Thank you so much, Meg. Um, all right, no. Hi, can you hear me? Perfectly. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Cut out for a minute. Um, oh man. Um, you know, just ask for help. I don't, that was literally the hardest thing for me to do. And I think it was sort of this, um, this like maybe a victim mentality that I had, like, why is everything happening to me? Why do the kids behave worse only with me, right? Um, all, all these things were poor me, victim me. And I think once I admitted that out loud to my husband, find your one person and reach out to that person and tell them. Because the minute you admit that out loud, it loses all of its power over you. And it can't hold you back anymore. And I know the, the age old advice is find your village, right? And it takes a village to raise a child. And it, that's great, yes, but there is not much of a village. Start with one person and find your one person. Reach out to that person and start there. That will open up to the village and so much more. I love that advice, that's beautiful. And, and if your one person isn't who you thought it was going to be to that, that's okay. Right. Um, mm -hmm. if your, your husband or your partner isn't able to provide that, that's okay. That's okay. Does it make him or her less than, right. They might not have the, the tools to support you in that too. You, my mom was fantastic. Maybe your mom wouldn't be you too. Like it, there's no, it doesn't make them less of a great mom. Like this takes a, the person that you're going to find, it, it's a very special person, a very special role. Um, and they need to have the capacity for that. Right. And, 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 and maybe he or she's gone through it, maybe not. Um, but that's a really, really important that you have at least one person and, and any of us can be that person for you. All right. Uh, Stephanie. Hi. Yeah. So, so um, my journey with that was I had already had the notion of self-responsibility and taking care of myself, my kids after my second born when he was sick. And so I worked um, relentlessly with the naturopathic doctor. We figured everything out. And so I was very much in tune with from the health perspective, what to do, how the body works, just from learning from the ND at that time. And that was before my education. 
So when I was in the postpartum time and my husband wasn't around and I just had the kids and I don't have family around and I don't, I'm not going to talk to my neighbors. <laughs> I don't know them very well. Um, I knew it was just, I had to figure it out. I had to just figure it out. And going back to persistence and perseverance, I was just relentless in going, this cannot be the path for both my son and I, this cannot be the path. And so that last visit at my doctor, when even I remember that last blood sample, the nurse took from me, she even said, he's got to find something different. There's got to be something like there's, I'm like barely like laying in the chair and she's like, you know, <laughs> it was really interesting, but to go back to the doctor's office and have your doctor say, unless you are willing to take this medication, I don't want to see you again. And I understand where he was coming from, but at the same time, me, I knew, and it's for other reasons why I knew I could not handle a medication. It's not because I didn't think medication was good or not. I just knew at a cellular level in my intuition, this was not the answer. Um, so for me, I left that doctor's office in tears and I'm holding my son and I, I just, I prayed and I said like, for me, it was, it was just literally the, the um, letting go and saying like, Lord, just give me an answer. I, I need an answer because I've tried everything on my own. I need, I need your help. And it was interesting. I never went on the computer at that time because that was back in 2009. I, I opened up the laptop and, and I typed in, you know, what's the best supplement out on the market? Because one thing that rang really true into my heart the day he said it was the holistic nutritionist who said, you know exactly what you need. And he said also, he goes, and it's, you know, it's nutrition, even though I was on all the nutrition, like I was on a whole bunch of nutrition stuff. So was my son. And here he's waiting for a GI specialist at the children's hospital to look at him because they were going to give him a biopsy. So I had that stress going on as well. But I went ahead and I put in the computer, best nutritional supplement on the market. And that was when it came up, the nutritional, the comparative guide to nutritional supplements came up and USANA Health Sciences came up as number one. Interestingly enough, I knew of USANA, I had taken their product before, um, but not in this time frame, not in the time frame with uh, with myself and my son. And and I went, interesting. Okay, I have tried every other product on the market that has been deemed high quality and I've spent all this money. Okay, I've, I'll, I'll try this one. And I made that decision at the computer. I'm like, okay, I'm only gonna give it three months and then I'm gonna go on the medication. Because if this doesn't work, nothing's gonna work. So I actually got my order just for me, and it was only the multivitamin at the time, the essentials at the time. And miraculously, miraculously, I, it took two weeks for me specifically, it took two weeks and I was getting out of bed and I wasn't in pain. And I was able to have showers and I wasn't in pain. And then, you know, more days would go by. And then the next thing I know, I'm able to do tasks throughout the day 
and I'm just, I'm able to do them. And I was able to go to Safeway without crying. I was able to put the, the um, groceries away and bake cookies and play with my son on the floor and cook a meal in the same day because that did not happen before. And one of the rules I had though was just like I did with every other product that my naturopathic doctor did, cause I'm very controlled, right? Like I do things on a controlled anal analytical basis. <laughs> I was like, I'm taking it as directed, you know, as it says on the bottle in the morning at that night and I'm not missing a day cause otherwise it's a screwed up test, right? You know, that, that's how I work. And so I tested that product. So it was funny because um, because I'm extremely sensitive, it was around the month, about a month, five weeks into it of the three month test, my husband and I are both going placebo. Oh, this is totally placebo. I said, see, it's all in my mind. This is totally placebo. I said, why has no other supplement worked? I've been on so many supplements. I don't understand. This does not make sense. And that's where I was at. Like I was actually in an astonishment, like what, what's going on here? And I said to my husband, I said, that's okay. I said, I, if I do any ups and downs in this testing period, I said, I know it's, it's just in my head and I'll just go back to the doctor if I need to. <laughs> like, so anyhow, another month went by and my favorite saying was, I cannot believe what I can do in a day. And I was the happiest mom and I was able to do stuff with my children again. And I was just like, I was going to bed in, at night, like just without, with ease, total ease, waking up in the morning, I was able to, my days were just, I hadn't felt that way actually since before my children. It, it was actually quite, and I felt miraculous. And by the time the three months was at its end, I went, this is for life. And I put my son on it. Now his journey is a little different. But as miraculous, it took about a year for him, but he avoided a biopsy. And if anything that that helped me with was my guilt was gone because I knew and I was told by my GI, the GI specialist with my son, he says, no one does what you did. And if you knew my son's story, so that'll be for another time. If anyone wants to know, just message me. It was miraculous. And um, when you have a GI specialist who is gonna do a biopsy on your son, say, because of your efforts and your research into the nutrition that you did and with the company that you have chosen to support you, you know what, be very, you, you, sh you're, you should be a very proud mom. And I was just like, Wow, like I left that office on cloud nine knowing I did okay. I did okay, my perseverance and my persistence paid off and my family is better for it and I'm better for it. And, and it was like years, years, like this is now, my son's now 13 years old, like years later, it's, we're all still a success story. Oh, yay. Look at that happy ending. And you wouldn't have known that if you weren't, if, if you weren't struggling so hard, you wouldn't have found that health for your, for your family, for your son. Beautiful. Mm. Way to go, mama. <laughs> so beautiful. I, oh my gosh. I, I would love to know more about that story too. We have to talk afterwards. 
All right. So Crystal, let's talk to all the mamas who need you. What advice do they need to know? What would you tell postpartum you? I would tell postpartum me to be grateful and appreciate what you have uh, and stop trying to control everything. <laughs> so for me, I, my journey was, yeah, like when I found out, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Cause I felt like I needed to control everything. Right. So I said, okay, what, tell me what I need to do. I'm going to do it. I did, I did CBT. I did women's confidence workshops. I did DBT. I did, you know, counseling every week or every couple of weeks. I started working out. I changed my nutrition. I did all the things. And, and I honestly can't say any of them were a bust because they helped me in, in every different way. You know, something, each thing I did helped me in a different way. Um, and my doctor too, like I wasn't, I'm like, I'm not doing this with meds. I don't, I just don't feel like it's not my jam. So after a couple months of, you know, going back and him going, okay, enough's enough. You need to take these pills. I humored him and I took them for a month and I was like, no, again, I, yep. No, not for me. I cut, I didn't gradually take up, take them the dose down. I was just like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this at all. Uh, so I just was persistent. I just kept going and kept going with my health, my, uh, work workouts and kept going with, um, with my food. And then I was like, I need to do something for me. Cause of course I felt lost just like the rest of us, you know, lost in motherhood. You lose who you are. You have no idea anymore. I was like, I'm going to start a blog. I'm going to do this. So I started networking and I, I had been a stay at home mom for, I think like seven years. Um, so yeah, I was like, what is the purpose of my life? Like, I felt like there was more, yes, I was raising three children. <laughs> like that wasn't enough, but I felt like I needed, there was more for me. Um, and then I met Julie Boye at a networking event and she introduced me to USANA and she introduced me to gratitude. And that was the big shift for me. Huge was acknowledging that what I have in front of me is incredible. I have love and I have a beautiful partner and I have a home that is safe and I have support. And, and once I started understanding that, that's when whoop, things just took off for me. Um, and, and it was being part of the USANA family that it, you felt that support. You felt like, I am enough. I, you know, these people don't even know me and they're like cheering me on. Like there was just so much of that. And I think I was lacking, lacking that as well in my life, you know, that sense of purpose and, and drive to do something that was, you know, not just momming all the time. So, and especially for my husband, the appreciation I had for him, um, instead of looking at him as my enemy, I was looking at him now as a provider, as a, a good dad. And he was all those things before. I just didn't see that, right? I had a totally blurred vision, different perspective. And when I changed that and saw that there was so much more to my life than just this hell I thought I was living, um, I just felt friggin' amazing, amazing. And it took off from there, so. Um, so good. Okay. So gratitude was an, al an alchemist for you, for your life, for sure. 
USANA, cellular nutrition, community, purpose, you know, living a purposeful life where you feel like you're, you have something of your own too, outside of motherhood, right? Not that we don't have enough to do. Um, and also, okay, let's see here, self-love. That this is, I'm just going back through all of our stories, right? Um, uh, you know, feeling worthy and worth it and prioritizing yourself deciding that that you you can do this that you have the answers um okay so i know now something that if someone would have told me this during it i would have been very mad and very angry and annoyed that it made me better so my journey through postpartum it was way longer than I wanted to be like if it was a good solid 2 years of really intense personal development healing like it was like it was a journey but it 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 made me the woman I am today I would not be as uh, empathetic compassionate um, I, I, I wouldn't, all of the resources, all of the, per, all of the personal development, the, the emotional intelligence, everything like that. Um, the, uh, it's just everything, everything. So I, I often thank Curtis, um, for making me, making me the woman I am today, the woman, the, the mom I am today. Um, he really, we, we grew through that together and, and, and I don't know if any, of you can relate to this, um, but his his personality is, is more intense and more triggering than um, than my second child for sure, for sure, for sure it is. Um, I became a yoga instructor during that time as well, like really diving deep into spirituality, diving deep into myself, forgiving myself for anything I did, had yet to forgive myself for, right? Um, and it was really just such, such a gift. And, and those of you who are going through it now, choose it to be that for you too, okay? Because you really have two options and, and I'm gonna let all the other ladies share something on this too. Um, but I think you have two options. You can say, oh, it just is what it is. Let's, let's, let's slap on a Band-Aid, which there's many different Band-Aids that you can choose. Um, but I feel and this, this might just be my opinion, that postpartum, 100% it's a chemical imbalance. There's things going on in that level, but it's also an invitation to, to dive deep and do some serious healing um, on, on multiple levels, physical healing, um, as well as emotional past trauma healing. It really is an invitation into, into you becoming the, the woman you deserve and the mom that your children deserve. Um, anyone, I'm not going to call on anyone actually. Does anyone want to add anything to that in terms of who it's made you? I'll jump. Think, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I'll jump in with the personal development because the personal development was absolutely huge in it. Because after the fact, it, it was all about, okay, where is my growth? You know, it was the initial stepping stone. And, and then learning about nutrition, like I went to school because then I wanted to understand like what, what went on. My, my journey was different than my son, but we had amazing results with specific things. And so I was like, that's really interesting. So yeah, you never know where it's going to lead you. And it's always better, always better. Yeah, I feel the same. I feel like I'm blessed for that. 
Like it was the shittiest time in my life, but I am so grateful to have that because I healed my inner child. I, I, I'm growing, I'm teaching my kids and showing them the things that I didn't know and giving them tools for their toolkit, you know, so that they can thrive as little humans in this insane world. So I am, I'm forever grateful for this, this moment that, uh, these many years, not a moment, but it, you know, for what that, how that shaped me as well. Very grateful. I agree with you, Crystal. Like you grow through what you go through, right? Like, I think after I started really putting myself first and really healing, like, and I didn't know about nutrition before, like I, I ate well, I knew how to eat healthy, but I didn't actually know about what nourishing your cells like on that cellular level actually does for your mind, body, your soul, everything. Right. And I made huge life shifts after, after all of that. And I would not even be close to the woman I am today if I didn't go through that. Yeah. Same for me too. I feel like once I finally admitted it to myself and then asked for help, it was just kind of this this snowball from there. Um, I wanted to keep feeling good, right? And once you start feeling good, like you just want to keep feeling good. You don't want to backpedal. Um, and so it was just this snowball effect um, for me with um, like, I, I actually started, um, joined a group coaching program um, which was really helpful in my healing, not only for the coaching, but actually being in a group setting. Um, and it was through that group and through that community that I met the mom who introduced me to USANA. And um, I got started on the health pack. And for me, it was two weeks as well. Um, I had more energy. And once I felt the difference and I started having that energy and having that motivation, it was like, oh, I actually am having more good days than bad. Now, I actually wanted to take my kids to the playground today versus them begging me and dragging me and asking me to take them to the playground. So it was those, those little moments that add up and you just keep wanting to keep wanting that to happen you don't want to backpedal once you start that step mm -hmm. how mama got her mojo back <laughs> totally. that's what it is right oh my gosh um okay so this is actually a really perfect place to wrap it up but um i don't want you guys to last to log off and be like oh, I, I i wish i would have shared this or what if someone needs to hear this so is there anything left less left to be said um i something's coming up for me too that's why i'm sharing that is in terms of prevention so when i was having um marcus so that's my little guy who's six who night and day um of course my husband was probably very petrified that that was going to happen again. He was going to lose his wife. Um, but um, I, I got, I went on to therapeutic doses of um, Biomega. So ultra pure fish oil. And that was, um, that was, a that was something, um, but I was stronger in terms of mentally and everything. And, and I remember telling my husband, I said, 
he's like, well, are you afraid it's going to happen again? And I said, I'm not afraid because I know the dark. It's not an unknown thing anymore. It's like, I know it. So it's not a scary unknown place. So I said, when I feel it creeping in, right? And I think Meg's touched on that. There still might be the, you know, trying to creep in. You're like, I know you, right? And it's not so scary, right? And you're like, no, I choose me, right? There's nothing wrong with me. I choose me. And, and just like Nora said, you know, continuing to stay on that path of wellness because you're worth it. So um, definitely in terms of prevention, nutrition is key, I think. Also, if, you know, when you are pregnant, just ask yourself, how can I take care of myself? How can I get to know myself a little bit better? right? Is there anything left that I need to look at? Maybe do that as a preventative approach. I don't know if, if pure prevention is possible, um, but those are the things that I did with Marcus. And um, it was like a euphoric birth and like um, just the most amazing, like are my business like quadrupled when he was born? Like it was just night and day. Um, but I really believe it was everything leading up to it and, and just how I took care of myself. Awesome. Pass it um, over to anyone who wants to share anything that might be left unsaid that you wanted to make sure that you covered. Just unmute yourself and go for it. I think it's really important, and we've touched on this. I think most of us have said we have. You have to talk about it. You know, it's scary and it's weird because you, it's maybe feelings you've never felt before. But reach out to anybody that will listen to you. Anybody. Because the only way you're going to get better is, is by telling somebody and starting your journey, start the journey. It's long and it's hard, but you can freaking do it. And when you do do it, it feels so good. And, and uh, like Nora said, there's no looking back. So begin the journey because it isn't overnight and uh, it's never, you know, never too early to start just talk to someone. Yes. It's, it's long and it's hard. Like, thank you for saying that. Like, yes. Right. And I, I, um, okay. So whatever, again, whatever your postpartum is manifesting as, okay. Whether it's uh, something that's so embarrassing to talk about, it, maybe it's like an obsessive thought or, or, or like focus, or if it's, if it's, um, whatever, like, it's really important for me. This is the most important thing is that however it manifests, that what you are focusing on is not actually what it is. Okay. So an example that's coming to mind is um, uh, someone I know um, who is an amazing mom of four. And, um, and she, it took her, her postpartum didn't hit hard until the fourth. And, um, and it almost broke her. It almost broke her. And, and her, her obsessive thinking was around naming her children. She didn't, she didn't think that she chose the right name for her baby and for her three previous children. So that's what she tortured herself with for far too long. And uh, for far too long, her baby was referred to as baby. And even when the baby was going into Montessori, it was still baby, okay? So that might sound so crazy to us, but that was real for her, 
Okay. So, and, and someone might be looking at maybe maybe crystals life and say, you should feel grateful. You should feel this or whatever it is, but that the rage was real, that, that child, that inner child needed to be healed and hugged and loved. Right. So it's really, every one of our journeys is so, 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 so different, but postpartum is real as anything. And if anyone's telling you not, go tell them to F themselves and come talk to us, okay? <laughs> because yeah, I wouldn't choose this for like, not that I have a worst enemy, but like, I wouldn't want this for anyone. So if you're going through it right now, know that you are a freaking warrior and you can do this and this will make you better. Any last closing words, ladies? I know we've been talking for a while. I just wanted to add to celebrate the little wins. Yes. And, and, and to allow that to sink in uh, for yourself, because that is part of the self-love, but whatever the case is, mine was guilt, you know what, and you, you all had your own, you know, anger and, you know, disassociation and whatnot, but every win helps us climb out of that feeling and without it pulling us back down. So always celebrate. Amazing. Let's celebrate the wins. All right. So we're going to wrap this up. And um, if there is demand, maybe we could do a part two. I don't know, but this felt good for me. How do you guys feel? Feel good? Okay. I'm seeing thumbs yes. and nods and everything. Okay. So um, we're going to release this. We're going to release this into the women who are listening. Um, myself, Nora Black, Stephanie Bell, Crystal Nash, Megan Houston, we are here for you and we are sending you so, so much love. And thank you guys for being here with me tonight. Thank you so much, Krista, for organizing this and putting this out there. This is a gift. Mm -hmm. I think so. I hope so. Bye, everyone. Hi, I'm Krista Rialba. I'm an entrepreneur, an international speaker, the host of the Ambitious Mama podcast, and I have built a wellness empire in the direct sales industry. As a mother of two awesome boys, I feel deeply connected to mentoring mothers in both business and in life. What has driven me for over a decade is empowering women with the feeling of, I've got this. I support women to create a life aligned with what matters most. I adore my community and together we bring meaning to the hashtag women supporting women. I believe that no matter what stage of life you're in, we crave community and fulfillment. That feeling of, yes, this feels really good. I was born to do this. When your passion impacts others, your purpose is born. And when you have women cheering you on to go for it, well, this is the sweet stuff right here. I'm here to grow with you. Let's create magic together.